This is the fourth and final Pesach podcast for this year. We're going to be discussing the laws of and the ideas of Yom Tif. Here are the leading questions. Number one, what is allowed and not allowed with regard to cooking and food preparation? Number two, um, can you discuss preparing from one day to the next? We can discuss it. I'm assuming that means from Shabbos to Yom Tif and then Yom Tif to Yom Tif as well. Okay. And um, how should I properly and ideally deal with Yontif without the usual family and guests? Okay, so let's start with just a general introduction to the concept of Yontif. There is a, I think people might have a feeling, I sometimes hear this, that Yontif is basically um, Shabbos, but instead of like bread, we have matzah, or instead of eating inside, we eat outside. And you're allowed to cook. And you're allowed to cook, right? That's very right. exciting. Shabbos, but you're allowed to cook. Right. So, um, I think it's important to understand that there, that Shabbos and Yontif are fundamentally different. And it's not just about the Seder. It's the full Yontif. Yontif is a time that brings us fundamental joy and also carries with it fundamental messages. So I want to just mention those two things. Joy and messages. Fundamental joy. My father, Zechon Levracha, used to point out that the terminology surrounding Shabbos and Yantif uh, hints at the essence of those two institutions. Um, enjoyment on Shabbos we call Oneg Shabbos, and enjoying Yantif we call Simchas Yantif. And he used to explain that Oneg is a concept of something which is, you know, which is something which is more subdued, sublime. Uh, it's like the enjoyment of a good nap. Shina v'shabbos ta'anuk. It's a, it's a, it's a oneg shabbos, take a nap, or a relaxing walk. Um, that's like the oneg of shabbos. It's the relaxation, the cessation from malacha. Simcha, which is the expression we use on yantif is more expressive, outward, to higher energy, celebration, outward joy. So those are, that's what my father used to say pretty often regarding this topic of Onig Shabbos versus Simchas Yantav. That already starts to, you start to feel the difference already in the terminology. So Yantav is more uh, joyous in a certain sense than Shabbos. Yantav meals are actually supposed to be a level up from Shabbos meals. Same thing with dress, uh, our clothing, our best clothing is, is saved for Yantif. It's like Shabbos is, is um, more special, obviously, than weekday, and Yantif is even more than, than Shabbos. So that's uh, some of the ideas regarding the joy and outward expressions of joy of Yantif. Um, with regards to the, the fundamental messages of Yantif, so you know, the Orchaim says that uh, each Shabbos carries with it the spiritual energy and vitality to power the week. Again, Shabbos is, commemorates the original creation, Horatius, and it carries with it the power, the creative power each and every week. So it fills us, it's like filling up the gas tank again for the following week. Vayinafash, um, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the idea of, of Shabbos. It's an idea of Shabbos. Um, it's, the, it's the energizing, restorative nature that reminds us that Hashem created the world. Yontif is different. There are three Yavin Tovim. It's called the Shalash Regalim. It's like three legs. 
Imagine three legs of a chair. The world needs to stand on these three legs. We need, to, we need these three legs to keep going. Um, if one is missing, so then it falls over. So each one of these Yamim Tovim give us strength and a particular spiritual sustenance in a, in a particular area. Like Sukkis is the focus is Simcha, Shavuos is Torah, and Pesach is Amuna. So just like Shabbos provides vitality for the week, Pesach, in a sense, provide, is like the wellspring of Amuna for the entire year. And the same can be said of the themes of the various Yom Tovin. So this is something to, to tap into, both the outward expression of joy of Yantif and the inner messages that is not just Shabbos plus, but as a whole different reality. So um, how do we tap into that practically? Or how do we um, change our mindset so that we feel that? So um, Halakha gives us certain um, things that we are supposed to do special for Yantif. And these things, if done correctly, really do change our perspective and give us the proper mindset the whole year. Um, like what um, my husband just said about the each yantif kind of providing a certain vitality for the entire year and the yantif is able to provide that vitality if we have a mindset in terms of um, looking forward to that yantif or feeling that that yantif is a pillar of our year and um, with regards to the things that halacha prescribes so um, we're supposed to get new get new clothing for yantif we're supposed to... And men um, are supposed to... Husbands are supposed to provide... Right. ...new things, presents uh, for Yantif. That's a halacha. Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, That husbands are supposed to provide some nice new thing for, for their wives and their children uh, for Yantif. Right. So, meaning that... Um, and our clothing, as, as you pointed out, our clothing is supposed to be nicer for Yantif and our food is supposed to be nicer for Yantif. And um, having that perspective can keep Yontif in mind for the entire year. So I have seen many people do this for Shabbos. This is how things, Baruch Hashem, work in our house as well. Um, when a child brings home something special or something special comes up and it's not the type of thing that you want your child to have every day. So very, my kids know already when something special, we say save it for Shabbos. So that's if it's a once a week type of thing. But if it's a bigger thing, then it's save it for Yantif, or maybe we'll do that over Yantif. There are certain foods that my kids know that we only have on Yantif, either because they're not so healthy and I don't like having them around during the year, or because they're more expensive or special. And just knowing that Yantif is coming, they'll inquire, oh, are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? And those are you know, exciting foods that distinguish Yantif from during the year. And just the fact that they know that their new clothing comes for Yantif and we save their new clothing for Yantif. And when they get new shoes, we save their new shoes for Yantif. And that perspective just, it's not even something that needs to be spoken about. It is so clear and so obvious that the major events of the year are for Yantif, our Yom Yom Tovim. And this really provides that perspective for an individual and for a family. If you yourself save certain things for Yantif, if you don't do them the whole year and you do do them on Yantif, that, sub, that, that subconsciously gives you 
that mindset that there is something special about this day, there's something different. And because it's something I look forward to and something I recognize as being different, I become um, that my perspective allows me to take in the influence of the day on a greater level. And um, practically, that really can affect the way that we look, the way that we look forward to these things. And um, speaking about it in a certain way really opens up that possibility. Great. Uh, let's go into some of the halachas of Yantif. Um, it's confusing because it's a lot like Shabbos, <laughs> <laughs> but there are plenty of differences. So let me just touch on a few of them. This is by no means exhaustive. Um, so the 39 malachas that we have on Shabbos that are the, the, the pillars of, of Hilchah Shabbos apply to Yantif as well, with the exception of Ochel Nefesh, food-related things. Food-related malachas are permitted in many circumstances, but not all. Uh, what's included in food-related malachos? So it doesn't include malachos that are early on in the food produce, production process, like harvesting or threshing, but it does apply to many others, like kneading, lush, cooking, which is bishul, lighting, kindling, which is uh, havara or carrying, hutsa. Uh, uh, those are all things that are somewhat related to food that have permissible ways of doing them on Yantif. So let's just go through some of them and give an overview. So cooking, we all know we could cook on Yantif. Um, however, uh, that really should only be foods that a person could not have uh, or did not have time to cook before Yantif. If you're able to cook before Yantif, um, both in terms of the, you know, how it affects the food, if the food is a uh, is better fresh, then that doesn't count. And if you have the time to cook before you enter, then you should. So, um, you know, very often that, that is not the case. Very often the food that we cook is fresher and better when we cook it fresh, or we don't really have time. <laughs> so in both those cases, then cooking on Yantiv is, is totally permitted. Um, even if you don't, even if for some reason you were lazy and just didn't, then it's still permissible. You just need a shinoi, which you can call me about that if that's relevant. Um, yeah, uh, so we cook, we can cook on Yantif, it's a wonderful thing. We can't cook for non-Jews, um, we also certainly can't cook for pets, but in other, all other circumstances, it's great. Uh, in addition to cooking, you can also, by extension, you can wash dishes in hot water. Um, that's an extension of food preparation, but you have to be careful, that only applies to uh, the malach of bishel, of cooking, but if there are other malachas that are involved that is not included, like, for example, using Instant Hot on Yantif, or increasingly popular tankless um, boilers and water heaters is a problem for Yantif because that um, it, it's almost inevitable that when you open a tap, it causes some electrical change. So that's a problem. But if you have a good old-fashioned um, regular water heater, then you can, you can use that to wash your hands, your face, you can wash dishes... Um, without without any hesitation. Okay. And how much are you allowed to cook? Is there a problem with hachana from Yantif? Like if I'm making something on Yantif anyway, am I allowed to make extra? No. No, it's a good question. No, you can only cook for whatever whatever you need for for that arguably for that day. Um, and how careful how, how exact thing do you have to be? You don't have to be very exact at all. Um, it's whatever is needed for that day. Sometimes recipes are better if you cook them in large quantities. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just guessing that's the case. I don't, yeah. That's what it says in Halachas Har. Does it really? say that in the kitchen? Yeah, it sounds like somebody who doesn't cook. Yeah, well, there are examples <laughs> given where recipes are better when you add larger quantities. There might that, be something like that. Then that's fine, even even though you're you know you're going to have it for two days. You don't have to be that exacting about it. But officially, it's just for one day. Um, okay, so that is about preparation. But as long as we're talking about preparation, let me just mention you're you're referencing the idea that it's usher prohibited to prepare from one day to the next. That's this year Shabbos Yantif. A, first day of Yantif, or first day of Yantif, two second day of Yantif. In both cases, one is not allowed to prepare even like seemingly innocuous things like setting up tables and chairs for the Seder while it's still Shabbos. You can't do that. That's preparation. Um, if you're doing it now because you want the house to be nice and tidy, um, then that, that's fine because you're doing it for now. Um, okay. You can also, by the way, you could take out food from the freezer um, if it's theoretically defrostable today. So even if you know you're not going to be using this, you know, your whatever you're taking out of the freezer for today, it's going to be for tomorrow. But if theoretically it's usable today, that's also fine. I totally did not know that. Yeah, well, okay, good thing that you're listening to or producing this podcast. It's totally worth it. And another thing that you can do is you can take out food for kids. If you have kids who are not going to be staying up for the Seder or Yantif meal or the last days um, and they need something to eat, you can take out an entire tray of whatever you want. You can take out a tray of chicken, you can take a tray of kugel, put it on your heat source, whatever your plata or your plech or whatever it is that you use. Even though you know you only need a quarter, like a little corner for them, that's fine. That is a great way. Of, uh, of heating up food for the nighttime. That trick I knew. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's about preparation. So we did cooking, we did preparation. Um, now cooking has to do with flames. So let's talk about kindling in flames. Uh, you can only use an existing flame to transfer from one flame to the next. Um, that's why it's a good idea to have a long... We have to buy one of those, by the way. I think we have. To buy a longer... And now everyone knows. <laughs> buy mm-hmm. a longer yurtzite candle um, that you can use to, to kindle your lights or if you need to kindle your, your gas stove or something, you, which I'll get to in a second, you can use your yurtzite lights. If your yurtzite your candle goes out, and I don't mean a yurtzite candle like that you need for a yurtzite or that you need for yizker in the last days, I just mean that to, a big candle. <laughs> a big candle that you're using to have a flame in the house. Right. So it's best to get you know, just get a 48-hour one. If you only have 24-hour ones and it, you see it's going to go out, you're allowed to light the next one uh, from the first one. That's fine. Um, okay. Now, a gas stove, you can light a gas stove from a match. The problem is that you, you cannot light the gas stove, stove from the stove itself because that click, click, click thing is electric is electric but meaning the match you wouldn't be able to light the match regularly you would have to take the match from an existing flame and light the gas stove and light the gas stove yes but you can't light the gas stove using the ignition on the stove Mm -hmm. because that's electric and nowadays a lot of stoves have a safety mechanism that don't allow you to light it uh without turning the knob past the safety and then a lot of times you end up using electricity so check out your stove before you have to make sure this is an option otherwise you have to leave it on from before Yantif. Now, you can adjust the gas. You can raise the flame as needed if you need it for cooking. But turning down is not as simple. You can only turn down a flame 
uh, if the food is getting burnt. Or if you have a recipe that particularly calls for a lower flame than you have, that's another way in which many poskim say you can lower the flame. So it's only for the benefit of the food. Right. But barring those two circumstances, meaning either because it's getting burnt or because you need a lower flame, you actually cannot uh, lower the flame. Uh, it's interesting machlokis out there, which doesn't have a clear um, final psak. If you, have, if you uh, have a pot on a higher flame, is it better to turn down the flame under the pot? Or is it better to ignite, meaning transfer the flame onto another burner and just create, so you have two burners, you have one larger one and one smaller one. Which one's better, to ignite another burner or to turn down the existing flame? That's, uh, that's, uh, that is, there's no clear consensus on that and it's kind of annoying of me to mention it without giving a specific sock. Either one is fine. Um, there are those who say if you don't want two flames on because it's too much heat or it's expensive, then that's a reason to just turn down the flame you have. Okay, that's all about uh, kindling. Uh, kindling leads us to candles. Good. Lighting candles. So, yes, you light candles. Um, Yantif, Shabbos and Yantif, you only light after Yantif has already started. Uh, after Shabbos has ended, you mean? Yeah, after Shabbos has ended and Yantif <laughs> has started. It's going to be 8.31, if I remember correctly. First night, 8.33. The second night, that's when we light candles. You can, you can um, set up the candles. You clear out the Shabbos stuff, your oil and wicks or whatever, and put in Yantif wicks. You can even assemble Yantif wick. A wick that you're going to use for Yantif, but you what you can't one thing you can't do that I forgot that I remembered that I relearned when I was looking things up for this class, you can't poke out the little hole of the floaty wick. That's masak and mana, so it has to be pre-poked. It's best just to make all the wicks before Shabbos. Um, yeah, we we have a child who is the wick maker. He can come over and make your wicks if you want. Now you know which child it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the standard meaning is to make the bracha um, before lighting on Shabbos. You make the bracha after you light the candles. You do the waving thing. And on Yantif, you make the bracha before you light the candles. Um, and it's not necessary to cover your eyes uh, for the Yantif candles. If you mix this up, it's fine. But I'm just telling you the more common minhag. Um, okay, now the first night of Yantif, we actually make Havdalah. Yak Nehaz. We make of that. That's the acronym for the order in which we do things. Um, every time there's a Yak Nehaz situation on, on uh, after Maruv, I get at least three people who ask uh, me and or my fellow mate about putting the candles together. Um, so, meaning, when, you, when we make Havdalah, we, we hold two wicks together or use a Havdalah, Havdalah candle that has built into it intertwined wicks, because the brach we make is which is plural, so we use two wicks. Um, so, there, so, so what do we do on Shabbos and Tiyatif when we, uh, we can't do that? We're not going to use a Havdalah candle, and uh, so what can you do? So you can actually hold two flames together if you so choose. There are some machmirim, some, some who are stringent about holding flames together because that it might melt the wax, or maybe it's like extinguishing when you take them apart. I believe that that is an excessive stringency, um, that there's plenty of, I want to, let's not say it that way, there's plenty of room for leniency if you'd like to hold the flames uh, together. You can also bring a match closer to one of the flames, make mm -hmm. your double flame, and then just place it down without extinguishing it. 
that's also fine. Okay, that's uh, candles. Let me just do two more things here, two more common Yantav Halachas. One is Borer. Borer is selecting on Shabbos. We know you select the good from the bad. Um, you, you select for immediate use. You don't use a tool for selection. What about on Yantav? So on Yantav, the Halacha is, you can, with food, is that you can select, or sh- you should select whatever is easier. So, if you have uh, bones um, in fish, which is everyone's favorite example. Yeah, let's not give that one. Okay. <laughs> well, we could, and it's much easier to take out the bones, right? Of course. Right, so take out the bones. Right. <laughs> um, Watermelon you, seeds. Right. And you just take them and take what to do whatever is easier. That's the halacha for, for Yantav. You can even do it for later. And you don't have to worry about it being for right now. Um, correct. Yes, that is correct. The only things we don't use, we don't things that are like professional tools for borer that you use for like a long term, like a flour sifter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't use that on Yantav because that's for long term use. But for daily use, like a peeler or a strainer, that's all mutter to use on, on Yantav. Um, okay, that's the halachas of borer. If you can do a borer, like, like we said before about cooking, if it's something that could have been done just as easily before Yantiv, then it should have been done before Yantiv. The example always given is like checking rice, for example. It doesn't go bad, it's fine, you can do it before Yantiv just as easily and just as, with, it's just as effective as on Yantiv, and therefore that's the better way to, to go about it. But if your rice is not checked, then? Then you, you can check it, but it needs a shino, and that's a little complicated, but it is doable. Okay. Same thing with tochen. This is the last thing we'll mention. Uh, if tochen, like chopping or grinding, mashing. Um, again, if it could have been done before yantiv, then it should have been done before yantiv, then it would need a shinoi. Uh, if not, if you want to mash and chop now, so, and, and it's better if it's fresh, then you can, you can certainly do so. It does not need a shinoi or a change in how you do it. Um, okay, any other things that I... Measuring. So measuring should be done inexactly. So you don't measure like to the exact line. It's, you know, around, uh, you know, just estimate. Um, you can use a measuring cup, but don't do it. Don't use it so exactly unless it needs to be exact uh, in order not to ruin the dish. Then you can measure exactly. And then you can do it. Yeah. And what about lush? Lush, kneading, yeah. So kneading is also mutter. That's one of the food malachas that are permissible. Um, with the same rules, if, it, if, it, if you could have done it, or if it's just as good, Erev Yantav, do it then. Uh, if not, then yes, you can, uh, you can knead, make dough, you can make instant baby cereal, you can put mayonnaise in your tuna and egg salad and mix it as you please. However you want, no crisscrossing. That is Simchas Yantav. <laughs> <laughs> it is my Simchas Yantav, actually. I actually rejoice in my ability to be able to put things straight on fire sources. It makes me very relaxed. <laughs> okay, so that covers the basic halachic overview. Feel free to be in touch with questions. Let's get back to one of the questions that we asked at the beginning. I don't think we got around to. And that is uh, how to approach this Yantif 
This is, as we mentioned way back at the beginning of these podcast series, this is our second Corona Pesach, a bit different, but still Corona Pesach, and many are experiencing Yantiv in an unusual way without the usual uh, family guests, their usual Yantiv schedule. What do you have to say about that? So I think that one thing that I've heard repeatedly from many different people from many different backgrounds is um, seeing unexpected benefits of Corona. And um, I think these apply to Yantif as well. Now, if we were changing Yantif for all eternity, that would be one thing. But Baruch Hashem, we see that there seems to be a light at the end of this tunnel and um, things will, God willing, return to normal sometime soon. And over the past year, we've learned a lot of things Mm -hmm. that are nice about our new situation. And there are definitely a lot of difficulties as well. And being as Yontif, Yontif is a special time. And like any special time, good things are magnified and so are difficult things. That is kind of the nature of a special time, that both the good and the difficult are both magnified. So um, like, you know, as, as, as we started these four podcasts at the beginning, um, going back to that point, we have a benefit this year not only of knowing more scientifically and being able to deal with things better because we actually know how the virus is passed, etc., and how to deal with it, but also knowing more emotionally and practically in terms of what are the things that are nice or that I have gained from the past year and that I can implement in this situation. So, you know, when it comes to families, I have heard from so many people from all of all different types that um, how much they've benefited from just not being able to have guests as much as they used to or to eat with other people as much as they're used to. And even from people who um, it's difficult because they live by themselves and they're used to going to others, etc., how um, you know they've found new resources within themselves in terms of ways that they can enjoy and certain you know character traits or um, inner 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 understanding or um, inner strength that they never would have had to or been able to tap into if they weren't put in this situation and especially now that God willing things are going to go back to normal somewhat soon. Um, we have an opportunity to really put that into practice on Yontif. And um, we only have a little bit over a week left. And I think it would really be amazing for all of us to use some of that time and to think to ourselves for just, just one thing. It's, this Yontif is, should be at least a little bit different for some people more than others. Some people who are used to being with their entire families are going to be all alone. That's very different. And some people who it's just a little bit different because they have to wear a mask to show, that's just a little bit different. But whatever it is that your particular circumstance is, to just think of one positive thing that has come from the past year. And being as Yantif is a special time, and as we spoke about before, a time of increased and intense spirituality and growth to be able and, and you know, that this is a time that we can kind of focus on that and tap into it even more. And um, as my husband mentioned before, the particular character trait of Pesach is Emuna. 
And um, what better way to express that amuna or to tap into or to connect that, to that amuna than to recognize that everything that we have gone through in the past year is from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And if it is from him, which it is, that there um, is growth and positivity and goodness to be gained from it. And if we can tap, if, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spiral. The more that we can recognize his role in our life, the more we can use it for the good. And the more we use it for the good, the more we recognize his role in our life. So um, that's a very practical and simple way to tap into both something that's will enhance our yantif and also will tap into the message of the yantif in preparing. And um, one last point, which I think is very important, is mm-hmm. that the people around us are affected by our own attitudes. So whether it's our children, our spouse, or just the people with whom we interact. And um, you know, the example that we started with at the very beginning was in terms of saving things and making them special for Yantif, right? So if we're excited for Yantif, our you know, our, our children, our families, our surroundings, they are also anticipate Yantif. And on the spiritual side as well, um, you know, we, we sometimes um, demand too much of ourselves and that we have to have these very deep, um, intense ideas or understandings of Yantif. And Muna can be a very complicated and a very deep um, concept, which it is, and it also can be very simple. And in terms of making our yantif more spiritual, if we, like the example that I just gave, if we tap into some of those ideas, just recognizing Hashem in our lives and um, and seeing Him there, that changes our yantif, and it also changes the yantif of those around us. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Wishing you and yours. A upward spiral of a happy, healthy Chag Kashavizamech and a good Yantif. Amen.